of Ephesians chapter 6. From this point forward, we're going to dive into God's word for us for tonight. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this another opportunity to meditate your word. Your word, O oh God, is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. We ask that you shine the light of your word to us tonight by the Holy Spirit. Help us to see what you're saying, to get what you're giving, that we would receive revelation knowledge, that it will flow freely and uninterrupted by any satanic or demonic force. And Lord, we give you all the praise and honor and glory in Jesus' name. And all that agree with that prayer said, amen, amen. amen. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17 through 19. It says, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication, being watchful to this end with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And for me, pray that utterance may be given to me, that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. Just to talk about this passage of scripture before I give you the title of the message. Paul is uh, concluding a conversation teaching about God's prayer armor. And uh, it really is prayer armor. The armor of God is prayer armor. That's a better way to say it. And God tells us in verse 10 to put on the whole armor of God, to be strong in the Lord and in the power of his mind, put on the whole armor of God. What I want you to know or what I want to emphasize is that the armor of God is prayer armor. And when you're praying for your spouse, you want to make sure that you have on all the armor of God uh, for good reason. So he says in verse 17 to tell the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God praying. What we are teaching in this series on how to pray for your spouse is how to pray the word of God over your spouse. How to pray the word of God over your spouse. Uh, Brother Hagen, he taught me to pray as well as the, my, my dad and other pastors in my life. Um, one thing that Brother Hagin said continually is always take the word with you when you pray. Always take the word with you. Now, it would be cool to take your Bible into your prayer closet to physically take the word of God with you. Um, but essentially what he was saying with that is when you pray, pray what the word says. Uh, the Bible tells us if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, then we know that we have the answers, the petitions that we ask of him. Well, his word is his will. Uh, they say Old Testament, New Testament and the last will and testament. You know, it's a legal term. Uh, it, God's word is God's will. So take the word with you. Pray what his word says. I'm going to teach you all that tonight and you'll see it stand out. Uh, it'll actually be glaringly because uh, it's a lot. So he says, uh, take the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication into the sin and watching there into with all perseverance and supplication for all saints. And then Paul says, and pray for me. Everybody say, pray for me. Pray for me. He said, pray for me. So 
uh, if it's scriptural to pray for your pastor, how much how much more is it scriptural to pray for your wife? And he said, pray for me. He's the pastor. He's the apostle, you know, uh, and, and he said specifically, pray for me. Somebody say, pray for me. Pray for me. Amen, Sister Jenny. I pray for you. I do. I think about you throughout the week. I was on my bike ride praying for you all and, and thinking about you. Uh, I shared uh, from the book of Samuel. He said it, it would be a sin for me not to pray for you. But I will show you the good and the right way. And that's what we're doing again on Wednesday night. We're showing you how to pray for your spouse. The real right way on how to pray for your spouse or your future spouse. So verse 19, he says, and pray for me. And then he says some specific things that apply to his life. Tonight we begin the how to part of this series. Woo! I can hear them. <laughs> you know, the last two weeks we really talked about the why. Why should you pray for your spouse? But now we're going to get into the really the how. Okay. Um, prayer changes people. All of that's good. And then specifically what we looked at last week. Um, but this is now the how to part of the series. Listen to this. The single most important relationship that a person will ever have in their life is their marriage relationship. Think about a child. Think about a young adult. Think about yourself. And I want you to hear me carefully. The single most important relationship that you and I will ever have in life is our marriage relationship. More important than the relationship we have with our parents. My parents are still actively involved in my life and I'm actively involved in my parents' life. My children. My children are extremely important to me, but... My marriage relationship to Marquita is more important than my relationship with them. You know what's unique? They're going to leave us someday. <laughs> and the Bible is biblically, you know. So shall a man leave father and mother and be joined unto his wife. That, that, I mean, you leave to cleave. You leave to be joined. You are actually leaving that relationship to a degree. And so I really, I mean, more important than, you, you know, the relationship you have with your pastor, relationship that you may have with your friend. You may have friends in your life that you no longer than uh, your, 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 your spouse. Yeah. But that will be or is the single most important relationship that you'll ever have in life. You name it. As a result, it is seriously important to know how to pray for your spouse. And it's seriously important to actually then pray for your spouse or your future spouse. Think about it. If this is going to be like the most important relationship I ever have, how many of y'all know I need to spend some time in prayer? I need to pray for them in that right way. So we're about building strong marriages at Faith Family Church. This series is designed for that purpose. Amen? Amen. Amen. In this series, we want to teach you from the word of God how to build a strong marriage through prayer. 
That's the intent. Now, a prerequisite to this series is our series on how to pray for a loved one. Um, There's seven spirit anointed prayers that we taught. And in praying for your spouse or your future spouse, you will want to pray these spirit anointed prayers for them. I'm not going to go back over them because you got the whole series. It's on YouTube. It's free of charge. You can get it and go back over it. But everybody say prerequisite. So as a prerequisite, in other words, you got to pray all seven of these for your spouse or your future spouse. And then beginning tonight, I'm going to give you several other prayers to pray. Let me tell you, I am so excited about tonight's message. This is exciting. This is fun. Uh, And I kind of feel I kind of feel vulnerable because you all get to hear what I pray from my Kita. You all get to hear how I pray over our marriage relationship uh, as an example uh, for you. So this is not just something that I'm teaching. It's something that that I live. Amen. In addition to these seven prayers, uh, there's some very specific things that you should pray for your spouse. There's some very specific things. Now, having done years of counseling, there are systematically. uh, There are systemically five areas in a marriage that a breakdown or failure in any one or multiple of these five areas can ultimately lead to divorce. In marriage counseling, we especially focus on four of the five of these areas. And in particular, there's one area that is most important than the other four. And so because these are like five major components to a marriage, the additional things to pray for your spouse or your future spouse are going to follow suit in uh, in respect. Amen. Uh, hold your hand up like this for a moment. OK, with your thumb pointing up to the ceiling. I actually do this in marriage counseling. Your thumb is pointed up. You got five fingers and hopefully this will help you remember these five components of a marriage. Number one represents uh, your personal relationship with God through Jesus. Oh, you can put your hand down and take notes. Amen. <laughs> your thumb, uh, which points up to God, represents the first and most important component in a marriage relationship. And that is your personal relationship with God through Jesus Christ. As a pastor, that's what we work on every Sunday. You know, we, what we teach on, what we preach on, is everything is designed so that you'll be in a good relationship with God through Jesus. Okay? So I don't really deal with that one in counseling because that's what we deal with every week on a Sunday. But these other four components also, a breakdown in any one of these other four can lead to divorce. Communication, money, sex, and children. So incidentally, tonight, the title is communication. We're going to show you from the word of God how to pray for your spouse or future spouse in the single most important component of these five major components. And that is communication. Uh, Let me say that a different way. 
to me, the single most important uh, component is your personal relationship with Jesus. Because I deal with that on Sunday in counseling, I deal with these four. And out of these four, there's one particular that's more important than the other three. Okay, and this is the way I say it in counseling. Um, If something goes wrong intimately between a husband and wife, if something happens outside or outside of the marriage or whatever the case, it's not really the trouble in that area. It's really the communication about that area that leads to divorce. Uh, It's not really money that leads to divorce. I've seen people homeless arguing and people that are multimillionaires and they pass like ships in the night. It's not money or a lack of money. It's the communication about the money. Okay. And incidentally, it's not the children. Children are a blessing from the Lord. It's not the children that lead to a divorce. It's a breakdown in the communication about the children. Now, there are and there are many if you type causes of divorce, you get a number of things that come up. And I don't want to discount other areas that you could pray for your spouse. And sometimes I do. But I want to teach on the most important career. Uh, You know, a breakdown in that area can lead to a divorce, loss of a job, a person that's given themselves too much to the job, things of that nature. Um, uh, career is one. Ooh, extended family. Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. You know, he's just way too close to his mom and them. And it is a wedge into this relationship and can ultimately cause a divorce. You know, uh, friends, you know, uh, you know, just spend way. She just spends way too much time over with her girlfriend, you know, and so forth and so on. And it can lead to divorce. But these 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 statistically communication, sex and money and where children are concerned are major areas. And the most important one, somebody say most important. important. I'm telling you tonight is off the chart because we're going to show you from the word of God how to pray about you and your spouse's communication, which is the most important component of your relationship. All right. Turn with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew, chapter five and verse thirty seven. This is Jesus talking. Oh, online. For those of you that are online, we've got a new feature that we're trying out tonight. We're going to put the scripture uh, in the lower third. So uh, hopefully you'll enjoy being able to see the scripture as we're preaching on it. In Matthew, chapter five, verse thirty seven, Jesus says, but let your communication be yay, yay. Nay, nay, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. Uh, This is a uniquely important statement about communication from the Lord Jesus. And he says concerning the subject of communication, say what you mean and mean what you say. Amen. Let your yes be yes and your no be no. And then listen to this. He says, for whatsoever is more than these cometh of evil. In other words, Satan can get involved in communication if you allow it. And that's oftentimes where the breakdown comes in the marriage, which leads to or ends up in divorce. is because there's Satan's involved in interrupting the communication flow between the husband or the wife. 
So after I pray these seven spirit anointed prayers over Makita and I, I go on to pray over the most important part of our relationship. I pray over I pray the word over our communication. I'll spend time praying Ephesians chapter one that, you know, she and I get to know God better than ever, that our understanding won't be bad but that our understanding will be better, right? I pray the spirit anointed prayer in Ephesians chapter two, that God will be merciful to her. Amen. That God will be merciful to me. And I pray that out. I pray Ephesians chapter three, that God would call that we would come to know the love of God better than we have ever. I pray the armor of God also, but then I pray number four, the Philippians prayers. Woo, man. I play Philippians one, Philippians one, Philippians two, Philippians three, Philippians 4. I have fun. I enjoy it, right? Then I jump right over into Colossians chapter 1. I I pray Thessalonians and so forth. And after praying the spirit anointed prayers over my key tonight, I focus on our communication. This is what I pray. Turn to John chapter 17, verse 20 through 23. And again, this is really how to Uh, While you're turning to John 17, verse 20 through 23, um, I pray for her and I, specifically, all of this regimen once a week. And so if you're an unmarried person, um, you don't have to pray this every day. And actually what you'll learn, um, I know... Natoya, uh, she uh, mentioned this. Uh, you can run out of time easy praying for folks, and uh, you know you can find yourself spending like a lot of time in just one area. And so what I've learned then is that I'll take one day or a couple days, or you know, depending upon the situation, and I'll just spend this hour in prayer praying for her and I. And then tomorrow I may pray for y'all for, you know, put your names in there and pray over other situations. So I don't want you to think that you have to pray this every single day because it's a lot. I mean, when I give you what I'm about to give you, you'll see how it can run up into an hour after you pray. these. It takes me about 15 minutes to pray uh, the seven anointed prayers. But then after that, this is what I pray. Jesus said in John 17, 20 through 23, he said, I do not pray for these alone, but also for those who believe in me through their word, that they all may be one as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me and the glory which you gave me, I have given them that listen to this, that they may be one. Just as we are one. I in them, you in me. That they may be made perfect in one. How many times he said that? And that the world may know that you have sent me and that and, and have loved them as you have loved me. Um, this is a snippet into the, pr- the Lord's Prayer. The real Lord's Prayer is John chapter 17. On this coming Sunday, we're going to sing the Lord's Prayer. You know, our, our God who art in heaven, hallowed be this. It's going to be a beautiful song. Uh, you know, the words are put to a beautiful song. So, um, but most people call that the Lord's Prayer. But actually, it's the disciples' prayer. 
It's how Jesus taught his disciples to pray, really, under the old covenant. And it's still a good prayer. I mean, everything Jesus prays is good. But the real Lord's Prayer is John chapter 17. And it, in, in, in just in this little part of it, it's phenomenal. And I have actually extracted what Jesus prayed for us. And I pray it for us, Marquita and I. He prayed, oh, glory, watch this. He prayed that we might be one, that all of the, the, the people of Faith Family Church, all of the visitors, all of the volunteers, everybody that attends, that we would be in unity, just like he and the Father are one. And that they would be in us and we would be in them. And that all of the, oh, y'all got to help me tonight. I'm trying to calm down and preach and teach. That we would all be made perfect together in one. Well, the, the goal, the idea of marriage is oneness. And so I pray John 17 over Marquita and I, where our communicate, because again, you know, we could be one physically, we could be one financially, we should, we could be on the same page where our children is concerned, but above all the least major components in a marriage, oh, she and I, we need to be one on the same page in our communication. If the enemy could use anything to, to break us up, and it's really not the individual component, you can get through any, you can get through a bankruptcy, you can get through a, a th- where your children are concerned, something go left, something go way wrong. God, I mean, you and, 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 and your spouse together can get through anything when your communication is right. Amen. You have a breakdown in that area, man, it's like major, major difficulty i pray that she and i may be uh i pray that she and i be one as you father and jesus are one that we also may be one in you Mm. i pray that we may be made perfect in one i pray over the unity in our marriage that in everything we may function as one in name and aim and purpose focus and direction for your word says how can two walk together except they agree so i pray that we dwell together in unity and that an anointing is released over our lives and family and ministry like oil was poured on aaron and the dew that came down on the mountain That's an excerpt. Now, um, so you all know, y'all know how I do. Um, Because I'm teaching you the how-to of this, uh, I'm going to put together some prayer sheets. So that when you're praying over your spouse or your future spouse, I'm telling you, whether you're married right now and got a great marriage, this is powerful. Okay? This will keep it great and take it to the next level. Or maybe you're struggling right now. I mean, really at a bad place. Pray this. Like when you've run out of things to say to a person, the Bible says that you can without conversation win the person to obeying God's word through your lifestyle, particularly of prayer. And then whether you're here or online and, and, you know, concerning your future marriage, if this is the thing that messes up 46 to 48 percent of every marriage, so much so that 46 to 48 percent of every marriage ends in divorce. If communication 
is the, the key issue that, that busted it up and broke it down? You know, think about it. It, it trips me up. People go through all sorts of effort, spend all kinds of money to get married, and then fast forward, can't stand one another and trying to get out. Oh, y'all got to help me now. <laughs> and sometimes I'm on both sides of the deal. I'm on the front end and the back end. Oh, gosh, right? You know, sometimes I want to look at pre-marriage people. Are you sure you want to do this? <laughs> You know, because on the other side, you know, you run into this difficulty. Where's the difficulty? Man, I've I've been trained by Jimmy Evans, particularly in marriage counseling. I'm certified marriage on a rock counselor. And um, this is the real deal when it comes to communication. So, again, uh, as we've covered, you know, for an unmarried person preparing to be married, you want to pray this prayer. You want to pray that you and your spouse will be one, just like Jesus and the Father are one. That you and your spouse will be made perfect together in oneness, in communication. That you'll function one in name and aim, purpose, focus, and direction. The Bible says you want to pray the word over, right? The Bible says can two walk together except they agree? That's Amos 3.3 in the book of Amos chapter 3 and verse 3. Uh, I'll turn there in a moment. But and then I pray uh, Psalm 133, 1, 2 and 3 over us as well. So that is an exact excerpt out of the prayer that I pray. And I just wrote this down for the first time today, but I pray it out of my heart. I put the word of God in me. It's the desire of my heart concerning our marriage relationship. I put that word in my heart. So it just comes out of me naturally when I pray. But I'm actually going to put it in a physical document. And then by the time we get to the end of this teaching, I'm going to make it available free of charge to you. I'll give you a keyword uh, like marriage or something. And if you text that word, we'll, we'll send you a copy of it. OK, but it's not ready now. It's in the making. Amos 3, 3 quickly. It says, can two walk together unless they are agreed? Is that true? That is true. So why not pray that? I, I pray that she and I walk together in agreement, like his word says. And then I pray Psalm 133, 1 through 3. Take the word of God with you when you pray. Psalm 133, stanza 1 says, a song of ascents of David. He said, behold, how good and how pleasant it is for brethren to dwell together in unity. Think, of that, think about that for a moment. If it's good for me and my brothers uh, I've got two younger brothers in me. One's right up under me. other one's a few years younger than me. And it's great when we get along. I mean, does my parents' heart really good. And I got a sister too. So when siblings and family members, church folk, when they, God says, oh, that's good when brothers dwell together in unity. They're all on the same page. How much more the person that you are married to? The most important relation, single most important relationship that you'll ever have in life. How much more important? How good is it when you all are dwelling together in unity? He said, I'll tell you what it's like. It's like the precious oil, the anointing oil on the head of Aaron running down on the beard, uh, the beard of Aaron running down on the skirts of his garment. You know, when the anointing, when, when the anointing's poured out on the mom and the dad, it's going to get on the kids. Amen. It's going to get it's just going to flow right through the family. Amen. And that's what you want to pray for your for your spouse, 
that that your communication is such that there's such a unity in your communication that there's an anointing that comes upon the marriage. Man, that's powerful. It'll be like the dew that came on the mountain. But there the Lord commanded the blessing. He'll release a blessing over your, your marriage because your communication is tight. All right, let's go on to the next one. Uh, I also pray 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 10. This is actually our marriage vision scripture. Uh, I learned that from Pastor Carol and Kyra. They are over the um, marriage ministry of faith family. And they taught us that every marriage should have a, a vision scripture. And I am so passionate about this as a vision for Makita and I. I pray it over us. It just naturally flows right out. Listen to it. This is God talking to you concerning your marriage. He says, I plead with you, husband and wife or brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. I plead with you that you all speak the same thing and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. There are five things in this one verse. Speak the same, same mind, be of the same mind, and be of the same decision making. That you be perfectly joined together, and that there be no divisions. It seemed like he said it all twice, or something similar in all things, but they're all unique and they're all different. That you be perfectly joined together, and that there will be no divisions. Where does divorce come from? Somebody say division. division. He says, out in, in order, and think about it, to prevent divorce, what needs to take place? Communication. Communication. You need to be speaking the same thing. You need to be thinking the same thing. You need to be making the same kind of decisions, which will mean that you're perfectly joined together, and then there'll be no divorce. There'll be no divisions that are among you. Where did it start? It started with communication, speaking the same thing. How, how can you speak the same thing if you're thinking different? And when it comes to money, oh, man, you've got to be, you know, like anytime you have more than one person in a room, you got more than one opinion. I'll look at the people on the camera. Amen. <laughs> There's a number of us in the room here now. There's a number of you that are online. And just think about it. So you're married together. And, and one thing that I pray over, over your marriage and future marriage is that you'll really become one financially. Every now and then I hear of a marriage that they function separately financially. And they may be married for years, and I don't know how that works for them. Um, but because unity is the goal in marriage, and how can two walk together... I want to be one with her in every way, in every area, so that the enemy can't get in on one side or the other. Well, in order to think the same, um, you know, there, there needs to be unity. And, of course, in order to be able to make the same decisions. And so communication has to become involved because the moment... That I'm thinking one way and realize, uh-oh, she's thinking another. How are we going to get on the same page? Some, same page. Somebody say, you got to talk about it. You're going to have to talk about it. I mean, because, oh, okay, now what now? The way I see it, I think that we should do this. 
Well, she wasn't looking at that because her life was built from a different perspective. She saw that we should do it this way. And actually, when I come around and look at it, that's not that bad. I was thinking that, though. And when she comes around it, come on, somebody, y'all help me now. And listen, well, that's not that bad. But now we're still looking in two different directions, right? I can see it that way and I can see it this way. But by communicating, well, you know, well, let's talk about it. Now, I don't teach or counsel compromise. Because compromise means not only are we not going this way, we're also not going that way. Neither of us is going in the way that we thought. And you end up with compromise. You end up with something other than what's wanted. That's a long story for another day. Amen. I see some folks looking at me like, what's wrong with that? Hey, amen. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll talk, one day I'll preach on it and it'll make more sense. So you communication is how you get on the same page. Communication is how you begin to speak the same thing. It's how you end up making the same decisions. It's how you're going to be perfectly joined together. And it's how you're going to avoid division. So then I pray, after I pray that first part, I pray that Marquita and I speak the same thing. That there are no divisions between us in any area. I pray that we are perfectly joined together. I feel like after seven years, it feel like seven months. Y'all remember, uh, who's that guy that worked for seven years to get that girl? Jacob. Uh, and he said it just felt like days. And I didn't realize because we had our seven-year anniversary. And I told her, I said, it feel like seven months. You didn't realize I got a five-year-old and a three-year-old. That's about to be four. Amen. Um, and then I saw, we were reading our chapter. Well, I was reading my chapter. And I saw that he said, and I saw it in the Bible before. Maybe that's where I subconsciously got that from, you know. But, um, and you can have that in your marriage or in your future marriage. You can have that. But this is going to be the key. It's going to come from communication. So I pray that Marquita and I speak the same thing, that there's no divisions between us, that we are perfectly joined together, that we are of the same mind and of the same decision making. I literally pray that over us. Whether it's happening or not, this is what I pray. Think about it. I'm praying the word. Think about it. I'm asking God, God, I am praying for her and I that we speak the same thing, that we use the same words. You know, sometimes in, in communication, we get thrown off with, with, with each other, not because we're in thinking differently. We're just using different words. You ever been in a conversation? Y'all are saying the same thing, but you're using different words. So it sounds like we're saying something different. Am I preaching talking too loud? Do I need to turn it down? I don't have no speakers now. I'm just talking, y'all. Come on. Um, <laughs> uh, so I pray that we be perfectly joined together. That I pray that we are of the same mind and the same decision making. I, I continue. So much so that because of our unity and oneness, as it was at the Tower of Babel, I pray that nothing that we imagine to do will be restrained from us. This, I mean, when I pray over us, I, I mean, I pray that our communication will be these five things so much so that just like it was for the people at the Tower of Babel, that it will be for her and I that nothing that we imagine to do together in life 
will be restrained from us. Where did you get that from? Let's look at the scripture. Genesis chapter 6 and verse 11. When you and I, um, well, when you in your marriage are on the same page and the same words and all of this, you're in unity. And God paints a picture for us. He recorded this for our benefit that when people are in unity, it gets God's attention and nothing that they imagine to do. Like she and I, we were out and about today. We saw a church facility and immediately, someday, faith family, we will have manifested our own buildings and lands and properties. We're imagining our own facilities. You know, we're imagining sending our boys to one of the best private schools in Texas. We're imagining, I mean, it costs like, I think it's sold, it's like 13, is it 13,000 a year per kid? Yeah, that's like $26,000 a year, right? And we're imagining that with, I don't know. I'm believing God that it'll happen any day now. But within a number of and I don't want the, I'm, Lord, I, I am not for them you know, like getting in high school and finally we're able to do it. Come on, y'all. No. <laughs> Come on, they, they, they're just getting into kindergarten, okay? I'm not talking about, you know, waiting a long time now, Lord. But in short order, believe in God, there's nothing we imagine. We're imagining the, the home that we're in right now, we're imagining paying for it cash. We're believing that by April of 2024, we'll have $50,000 to put down towards the, it being a completely and totally debt-free owned by us. And we're imagining, we're imagining that, you know, my next vehicle, because we got her one, we're imagining that we'll be able to pay $100,000 for a really nice uh, SUV for me. Amen. I have one amen. The rest of y'all like, <laughs> come on, because I'm not talking about going and borrowing from it. I'm talking about just we, she and I, just believing God, sowing the seed, working what the word says works. Come on. And nothing that we imagine to do for the kingdom or from within our family, that it'll be restrained from us. Where you get that from? Genesis chapter 11, verse 6. It says, and the Lord said, behold, the people is one and they have all one language. Got to make a mental note of that. They all have one language. That's the key to the verse that and this they begin to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them, which they have imagined to do. I almost say this with a bit of sadness because. The reason why people get married is because they want to build a life together. They want they come together to build a family together. They have hopes to build a life together. They imagine someday being able to have children. They imagine someday being able to, um, you know, uh, go places. And they imagine that in in retirement, you know, they'll be able to travel. But when you go back to the story of the Tower of Babel, the enemy was able to get in because of their personal relationship with God wasn't what it should have been. Because of their perspectives. And then when the languages were confounded, they didn't understand one another. And you want to know the, the what was what was it? That set them apart, that, that caused them to go to get the divorce. 
It was because they couldn't understand each other anymore. And I've seen it. When it gets to that point where I, I just don't understand why they are the way they are. I just don't understand it. And they leave off building that life together because of a lack of communication. So I appeal to you through this. Learn how to pray for your spouse where y'all's communication is concerned. And I do know that y'all's is a word because when you text it, it actually pulls up the automation for Y apostrophe A-L-L apostrophe S. Y'all's is now a word. Y'all, can I, can I give you a little bit more? All right. So those are the major components. This is the third major component that I'm about to give you now. I pray this over our communication. How do I say this? I want to give you the summary of it and then give you the detail. Let me do it this way. Do you all remember the series that I taught on Babel? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I did an entire series about it was a marriage series. It was called Babel and it was about communication in marriage, particularly communication. And when I do marriage counseling, because we're all about building strong marriages at Faith Family, I, I give in marriage counseling. I want to or especially in pre-marriage counseling, I want to give people the tools that work to fix the problems when the issues come up. There are real tools. It's not like pulling a, a, a rabbit out of a hat and trying to figure it out. There are some specific things that work when it's broke. And so uh, there's three tools that I gave as communication tools. Because again, remember, outside of your personal relationship with God, which we deal with at church on Sundays, there are Four major components, communication, sex, money, and kids. Other things can be added. And the most above all these others is communication. Right? And so I, I drill down on giving you the tools concerning being a good communicator. So that when we do talk about money, do talk about intimacy, do talk about children, that we've got the basis to do it. We've got the tools to use in it. So one of the last things I pray for her in this major component is I pray the three tools over our marriage. Can I give them to you? All right. Number one, I pray that we communicate with love and respect. Isn't that easy? So after I pray these other scriptures, then I pray these tools. I pray, Father, that Marquita and I, when we communicate, that we communicate with love and respect. In other words, when I talk to her, I talk to her like I have some sense. Not to like I'm talking to a subordinate or a child. I'm not her father. I think she told me that once or twice. Y'all leave me alone now. Y'all leave me alone. <laughs> you are not my father. Who, who do you think you are talking to? <laughs> Somebody say love, love and, respect. and respect. I'm telling you, that's huge. You know, uh, and you know, I'm, I'm kind of throwing off. I'm making ourselves 
uh, uh, translucent so you can see th th there's real application here. The other day, uh, under a certain circumstance, I said something in a way that I felt was disrespectful because we were in a public environment. We, we were at the swimming pool and one of the boys needed attention and I said something to get her attention to because he needed some attention. And when I thought about it, I was like, oh, man, there's a bunch of other people at this pool. They don't know us. And even though she knows my heart and I know her heart, that didn't sound right. And I, I, I remember it. It, it, it kind of hurt me that I said it that way publicly. And so I went to her and I, I apologized to her. Um, you know, she did say one thing to me one time, and she came to me and apologized too. Now don't 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 hold me out there like that. Now, <laughs> but 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 listen to me now, because I'm I'm telling you this is real and it hits home. Communicating with love and respect that's important, and so I pray it. You know, I pray for her and I that when we communicate that we do so with love, help me out, and respect. Number two, the second tool I pray over us is that we listen to one another on three dimensions. Again, I taught these in an entire series, but I actually pray it out loud. I say, Father, I pray that she and I listen to one another on three dimensions, that we listen to what each other says, that we listen to what we might mean by what we say, and that we listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying about what we are saying, about what we might mean by what we're saying, and about what we're not even saying at all. We listen to the Holy Ghost. Think about that. If you're in a marriage relationship, there's nothing wrong to pray for your spouse that they listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. Amen. The third thing I pray, which is my favorite of the three, is that she and I follow the rules of engagement in communication. <laughs> now, incidentally, we put this together at Wall Art, and I thank God Pastor Tony still puts them out and makes them available to you. Because, again, at Faith Family, we're about building strong marriages. We want this to be kept before your eyes. And one of the reasons why I'm able to pray it out of my spirit without looking at a piece of paper is because I've been reminded of it graphically through the wall art that we have been given. And so I pray that she and I follow the rules of engagement. And then I say this out loud because, you know, we use catch words uh, to help us remember. I say that she and I watch our six. Somebody say, watch your six. Watch your six. I know if you have of a military background, uh, you'll appreciate the expression, watch your six, because that's, you know, where you can't see. That's like, watch your back, right? And particularly because the enemy wants to get you thrown off in communication with your spouse, because, you know, that's where the wedge comes in at. So you need to watch your six. And when you, you know, y'all get in the car to go out to have a good night together. And you just stop by to see what's at the mailbox on the way on the date. And sure enough, you get in, you see a bill and you open the bill and the bill is like bigger than you thought. And you're like, what's this? 
And then you see that somebody bought an Apple iPhone 13 and added it to the account at $1,300. Come on, somebody. And the other spouse didn't tell them that they had did that. And you're like, what is this? Now, what they were told at the office was added to your account and we will reimburse you. But in a failure to communicate, we're supposed to be going out. And so now, because of the attitude caught me off, it wasn't me, y'all. I'm telling you, it wasn't me. I don't have no iPhone 13. <laughs> but what caught the person off guard was this $1,300 bill, right? And, you sh- and the person said, was like, what's this? You know, didn't say it the best way. And it rubbed the other person the wrong way. So now you mean, look, what do you mean, what's this? Dang, you know, we supposed to be going out on a date. And it just went south real bad, real quick for no real reason. And even if there is some validity of reason, it still can be handled a lot better, especially if you watch your six. Yeah. <laughs> so let me give you the, let me give this to you so before we go. I'm telling you because you know you don't wake up in the morning thinking you know what I'm gonna get in an argument with her and I'm gonna make this conversation like really difficult where she can't even stand to be around me and rather be with other people or talk to other people than to be with me. That's what I'm gonna do today. Nobody wakes up like that, but, but that's how it ended up going because we didn't watch our six. So here we go. What are the six? I pray that she and I follow the rules of engagement. Number one, I pray that she and I stop lying and tell the truth. (laughs) God told Christians to stop lying and tell the truth. All right. That's number one rule. Number two, I pray that she and I, that if we choose to be angry, that we won't sin. How many of y'all know it's a choice? He said, be angry, sin not. And you don't have to, but if you do get angry... Make sure you don't cross the line of sinning. All right. So I pray to she and I that if we choose to be angry about something, there are sometimes I do something that she could be angry about or she does something that I could be angry about. But it's a choice. So I pray that if we choose to be angry, that we won't sin. Number three, I pray that we do not give the devil place. Somebody say, watch your six. Especially in a conversation, you know, you can let the devil use you to say something to somebody to cut them at the heart that they will never that they won't recover from. You can hurt people with your words, especially the people that are closest to you or the ones that you didn't expect. I didn't get married for all of that. Why they they wrote that play? I could do bad by myself. No, no, that ain't that ain't that ain't what God said. But I, I certainly understand how things can go. I mean, I could take time and just the Bible describes you can use your words like arrows to really devastate a person. Right. So I pray that she and I not give place to the devil in our communication. He said, give the devil no place. The number four rule that I pray that she and I will follow is that we keep it clean. So she, so we don't go to cussing. <laughs> right? Christians don't cuss, right? 
<laughs> I know I'm at the end of my day today, boy. <laughs> we don't cuss. Amen. We don't. Um, but that's what keeping it clean means. Is he said, let no corrupt communicate. Think about it. You know, y'all in the, in the phone conversation, like, look, I, I meant to tell you. And they were supposed to. Well, you should have said, why they need to put it on our bill? They don't think you had a company credit card. Come on. And, oh, and please don't cuss at each other through text message. <laughs> now you got now you got written proof that you done lost. <laughs> oh man, people! I know not y'all are here, but people send me copies of the text message where the other person done went off. Come on, somebody! Don't do that. Somebody say, "Watch your six. <laughs> keep what it one of the number five. Uh, see, one, two, three, four. Number four is keep it clean. You could be upset; they could be really wrong, but there ain't no reason to be cussing and fussing. This is, this is the good stuff to keep you married. Amen. Amen. Number five. I pray that she and I remember that the Holy Ghost is present. You know, you think it's something for the pastor to know what he said or the, for the pastor to know what she said. In reality, the Holy Ghost was right there and saw your heart, saw what you released, saw what you said, the devastation that it caused, and it just grieved the Holy Spirit, how you talked to that person, how you made that person feel, you know. Um, So we got to watch our six. Remember that the Holy Ghost is present. And then the last one is be nice. I pray that she and I will be nice to each other. So now, um, if you are here present or online and you do not have a copy of these three wall art that remind us of the tools in communication, get them. Put them in your bathroom. OK, put them on a hall, in a hall closet, a prayer closet. If it don't match your decor and all of that, <laughs> girl, you better put them somewhere where you can remember. And pray it, pray it over your spouse, right, future spouse, that we communicate with love and respect, that we listen to one another on three dimensions, and that we watch our six. Amen. Did y'all get anything out of that tonight? Come on, wasn't that good? I I believe it was good. Amen. Amen. So, uh, like I said, about one day a week sometimes, and if needed, you know, I may pray more for her. Um, uh, and, and I and but after I pray these seven things, this seven anointed prayers over her and I, um, then I pray over our communication. I pray over our, our times of intimacy in, in our bodies. Um, I pray over our finances. Oh, man, that's going to be really, really cool. I want to teach you how we how I pray over our finances. Right. Because uh, that's a major component. Right. And then how we pray over our children. You know, and like I said, I I don't do it every single day and I don't pray with her. There have been some times it's been wonderful and 
Different pastors may recommend, you know, like pray with your spouse. Wouldn't it be great? Ooh, that's so spiritual. Oh, I, I bet the pastor, <laughs> I bet they hold hands. And they can pray together. Y'all can, let me finish my illustration. <laughs> oh, that, you know, I just, I just want, you know, I want to pray. No, God, you know, no, in seven years of marriage, I don't know how often we pray together. Now, I know she's a praying woman. She knows I'm a praying man. But, you know, we just haven't gotten there yet. I don't think my brother uh, and, and his wife pray together. We've taught our marriages together. Like I said, he's over the marriage ministry. Um, but I do know that there are some that do pray with one another. But my thing, my exhortation to you is pray for them. Amen. Even more important than desiring to pray with them. And what do you pray? Pray for the most important stuff. Amen. So we're going to pick this up next week. I hope you got something good out of it. hope to see you on Sunday. But before you go, if you're online and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, we're praying that you might be one with him and that you might receive eternal life. I'm going to lead you in a word of prayer. Our studio audience is going to help me to pray with you. Give your life to the Lord Jesus. You'll make heaven your home. Pray this out loud. God in heaven. I do believe that Jesus Christ, he is your son. He died for my sins. They put him in a grave. But I believe you raised him from the dead. Come into my heart. Save me from my sins. Lord, I repent for all my sins. And I accept your offer of forgiveness. Thank you for saving me and making me new. In Jesus' name, amen. May the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you. Make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. Be increased, be enlarged, be fruitful and multiply. And may your marriage and your future marriage be blessed in Jesus' name. Amen.